You're a wizard, Harry. It does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live. I can tell you how to bottle fame, brew glory, and even put a stopper in death. It takes a great deal of bravery to stand up to your enemies, but a great deal more to stand up to your friends. Hey everyone, welcome to Hogwarts, a podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to Hogwarts, a podcast. We are going over chapter 16, Through the Trap Door. It's kind of a big chapter. Uh, again, you might recognize this person. She did the last couple of episodes. <laughs> I'm back so soon. Yeah. Was just, not expecting that. Just keep rolling. Keep yeah. rolling. Uh, it's all good. It's Elizabeth, if you didn't know. Yes. <laughs> um, you'll recognize her by her laugh, I'm sure, at some point. <laughs> um, but, big chapter. Mm-hmm. We're nearing the end of book one. Uh, kind of some important stuff happens, I guess. There are so many cool things that happen in this chapter. There really are. Where do you want to start? Let's start with Hagrid. Okay. And Harry's just the nagging sensation, that, that thought that I've missed something. And I gotta figure out what it is. And of course, he, Ron, Hermione and Ron are both like, "Oh, it's just finals. It's whatever." And he comes to the realization that it was just way too convenient for Hagrid to be offered the dragon egg, which we've talked about before. Does it seem to you like he just it just popped out of nowhere with that thought? Yeah, it doesn't surprise me that the thought occurred to him, but it does surprise me it occurs to him this late in the process. Yeah. Like, I feel like that thought should have occurred a little while ago. Months later, just suddenly like, oh my god, how did I miss it? Well, you get distracted by the coolness of a dragon egg, and then you forget (laughs) just like Hagrid, you forget the logic behind it. True. True. But, uh, I don't know. Yes, it does seem a little odd that out of nowhere, um, he seems to have this To some degree, shot. it kind of seems a little bit like J.K. Rowling just being like, okay, we gotta gotta finish the book, so here here's the next plot point that we gotta gotta get to. Go in the plot convenience route. A little bit. Okay. Um, but it does reveal more about that night in Hogshead, where Hagrid met the stranger with a dragon's egg. And, of course, Hagrid has his one of many, many times where he has revealed too much information which I put in my notes, that Hagrid is like the Tom Holland of spoilers. There you go for you MCU fans <laughs> out there. He just can't help himself. He said how you just play a little bit of music to Fluffy and he will fall straight to sleep, which kind of, of course, reminds me of Greek mythology of Orpheus. That's how he got past um, Cerberus. He, he played some music and he was able to sneak past him to the underworld. Um but it, it just comes out of nowhere. And, of course, the three are just horror-struck at this idea. Because that means the the person trying to steal the stone is going to steal the stone. They have the knowledge. Technically, they've had the knowledge for, you know, some time now. But now this means go after the stone right now. Because now is the time to do it, I guess. Harry gets super aggressive. Yeah. Uh, his rant that he has... I'm like, whoa, Harry, like, you need to just dial it. You're at, like, a 12. (laughs) You could just dial it down to, like, a 4. It gets to where he wants to go. They buy into his very emotional argument. I mean, he's like, I could die. Voldemort could come back. House points won't matter. (laughs) The rules won't matter, Hermione. Finals won't matter. We could be dead. (laughs) It's a bit dramatic. 
it's he's not wrong, but yes, it's very much dramatic. Uh, but it gets the job done. Yeah, so it's they all very agree. effective. Which I do love how you know he's immediately like, "Oh, you you wait, you guys want to help me?" And Hermione's like, "How else do you think you're gonna get the stone without us? You need our help." And he does. He desperately needs their help. If you've been listening to some of our episodes, I've had some issues <laughs> with this. Seems super dangerous. A lot of this stuff that's going on right now for an 11-year-old child seems above their head a little bit. Uh-huh. And uh, our wonderful correspondent, Anna, has <laughs> uh, kept coming at me uh, on Twitter. And recently she just said uh, that Elizabeth and I are true Ravenclaws because we're thinking about this too analytically. Anna, that comment made me laugh so much. Yes. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, she's not wrong. Um, <laughs> but... Oh, and we're too thinking too analytically about this, about how we're so involved that eleven year old is doing. I get that. <laughs> Fine, it's a story, it's a book. I understand, but also, there's no way a first year should be able to do what they're about to go do. Oh no! I mean, they're eleven years old. They don't they know anything die. yet, really. <laughs> like, no, they they have one year of magic. Yes. And granted, they have the best student of their year helping them out, but still, there's advanced magic here that... And they don't fully know what they're getting themselves into at this point either. Right. They have no idea. So just the thought that you assume each one of the heads of houses have set up a obstacle for you. Right. That should be daunting enough where you're like... I don't know if I could do that. Well, especially since you know those professors aggressive. and you can, you've can you seen the magic they're capable of and you're like, okay, that's just them teaching me. What have they set up for someone who they don't want to succeed? Yeah. It's going to be extreme. And a lot of the obstacles they do face are ones that could easily result in death. Well, the first, Well, the first two, I guess, right off the bat are mm-hmm. ones that are meant to kill you. Yeah. And I'd, I'd say out of, okay, do we want to go straight to the obstacles? We can go straight to the obstacles. Okay, so you can run through each one that we have. So Fluffy is obviously the first line of defense, which is from Hagrid. And obviously that's a large three-headed dog that has no qualms about tearing you, can, you to shreds. You could die at that one. Yes. Yeah. Um, then the second one is a very dangerous plant from Professor Sprout. Devil's Snare. The Devil's Snare. You can um, die at that one, too. Which, I mean, literally by the name, Devil's Snare, it snares you and will try to kill you. Uh, so there's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flitwicks is the third one with flying keys. It's not so much a deadly thing. It's more of a puzzle trick you kind of thing. And take a lot of time. It requires, a, yeah, it requires a little bit of skill mm-hmm. in multiple areas. Mm-hmm. A little bit of deducing to try to figure out which key works on the lock. And then you got to get the brooms and then you have to be competent on a broom. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot going on, but I think relatively. Relatively easy. safe. Yeah. 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 So, um, and then wizard chess is the fourth one from McGonagall, which incorporates a couple of things. It's a wizard's chess. Mm-hmm. So it's automatically a more violent version of the game. Do you think that one of those white pieces could have killed you if they knocked For you out? For sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so another potential death. It could, yeah, thing. Oh, of course. Which <laughs> they set up in when they get there. They set up of like, let's just see what happens. Right. Throw a piece out there, smacked in half, and just lies there. 
So I guess Ron is very lucky that he didn't walk away from this with a full-blown concussion. He should have. He should have. But he I guess should magic. have. Yeah. Thank it, you, hospital wing. <laughs> I mean, a marble or stone, and I have been to the prop part of uh, right. the studios in London, and I get it. It's movie props. I get that. But um, those things are huge. <laughs> They're <laughs> massive. They're legitimately massive. Imagine one of those being made act out of actual marble smacking you a child too it's yeah it's that wouldn't end well for you uh <laughs> so there's that but then there's the actual game of chess and um the troll the troll could definitely kill you the troll as we've learned in the halloween chapter uh yeah trolls can be a problem <laughs> uh but you can outwit them <laughs> so right. there's that all right um, and then potions, literally th- three of them are poison. Yeah. So that would kill you, I would assume. Yeah. So, I mean, there were definitely lots of chances to really stop a person. So the fact that 11 year olds can get through all of that. I have my issues with the trials, mm-hmm. um, which we can get into later in the, in the, in the spoilers a little bit, but. My my main issue now that we know a little bit about Snape, mm-hmm. uh, a I didn't know that he was a poet. <laughs> did not see that one coming. He's got at more all. depth to him than uh, did not have him as a poet. But if you're Snape and you have these potions, and they're set up to trick you and whatever, why even write one? Why even make, write a poem? Yeah, make the person recognize the potion in there to pass it. Why would you even give him a code key? Because it's a book. (laughs) That's the real answer. That's because it's a book. But I know. No, with that, I wish, like, part of me wishes there was artwork, if not right within the chapter, maybe the chapter, um, the chapter artwork, like the Heaven and the American books. I don't know if they have them in, in other books. Um, but that sense of being able to see all the bottles. Because the clue is solvable oh, until it gets yeah. to the size. You're right. And every time I, I read it, I'm always like, oh, I wish I could figure this out first and figure out which of these bottles is the one that gets four and I which one goes back. thought of that the same way as I was reading it this time, too. Yeah, like, like, it'd be kind of fun to see if I'm as smart as I'm right. <laughs> or in Snape to, to be able to do that. But yeah. I think that that particular obstacle I would have the most fun being challenged by. Okay. Which one do you think you'd be the most entertaining or, I guess, good at or or um, want to try to face? As a first-year student, just, I think I'd be more capable of doing the, the wizard's chess. Okay. But just in general, what would you find? Uh, if I was an older student, I would try to take on the troll. Yeah. I, I would want that <laughs> challenge. I would definitely want that challenge of trying to take on the troll. Uh. Just give me a little bit more knowledge <laughs> and a little bit more like competency how, in what how I'm did doing. Defeat trolls? Huh? How to defeat trolls? Yeah, I, I, like <laughs> I feel like I could be capable of doing that. Is just like give me a little bit more education and experience before See, I go. Do I that. feel like I could get past Fluffy easily enough. I could just sing, and he could just you know fall asleep that way. Um, I think Flitwicks. Well, I, let's be real. Harry doesn't exactly play a Mozart like no, opera here. No, he's probably got one of those like I mean, I mean, well, it's, I know a, it's flute a flute that Hagrid made him. It's a which... flute, but it's, I'm guessing it's probably a recorder, more like because probably. flutes are are difficult to to play. I've tried and 
my I can't do it. I, I play trumpet, but not flute. Um, but yeah, if a recorder is considered music, then surely singing is. He just doesn't feel no, like you're, singing. No, you're right. Well, he here he mentions like, he doesn't want to sing, right. so that's... So, I mean, like, Fluffy would not be hard to but I, Fluffy's very much like Hagrid. He you also know, he went looks... down real quick. Okay, pause on that, Okay, right? So, Fluffy right. is very much like Hagrid, which makes sense. Like, they're both so intimidating looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're just so easy. They're little, like, fluffs. Little fluffies. Right? Like, you can just easily get past them. So, that one, I mean, I could easily do. Um, the other one I think would be interesting to try. I think it would be decent with finding the correct key in Flitwick's. Because I feel like I'm fairly observant and trying to figure out, like, which one. Catching it would be the challenge. I would be Hermione on the broom. <laughs> See, I don't know... I have such a hard time figuring out how I would be on a broom. I'd either be very, very good at it or very, very bad at it. <laughs> like, I can play basketball and I can play baseball and I can play football. I can't ice skate, though. Like, I can't mm-hmm. do that. So there's athletic things that I cannot do. Right. Where does broom flying fall in that? I don't know. So, yeah, that would be an interesting one. It'd be interesting to try. Yeah. Especially as if it was just, like, just for fun and not, like... There's a life and death situation at risk here. It could just be fun to have some hour, hours and just, like, try to mess around in that room. <laughs> but going back to the devil snare one, what you said with falling down, I think this is the first time I, I really paid attention to this with this read. Harry said when he jumped down to fall into the devil's snare, the light from the trap door was the size of a postage stamp. And that is... T- you know, like, I've never really thought before just how far they fall. Well, Hermione said they must be miles beneath the right. school. Which, right. miles which beneath I'm the like, school, that's a heck of a fall. That's a big fall. I and don't care what you're landing on. That's a long so, fall. Okay, so one, there has to be a ridiculous amount of devil snare to pad that Yeah, fall. I would think there would be. Two, yeah. part of me wonders if there's, like, some magical aspect to slow them down. Because just that fall alone should have been enough to kill you. And then three, I was just thinking about how just the mechanics of all the chambers that they're going through right now. Because this is the third floor corridor where the the door is locked to get to Fluffy. So they had to do some like hardcore magical reconstruction to this to Hogwarts just to have it fall miles down. Either that or they just like closed off classrooms on every floor. And maybe the doors to those classrooms just pretended to be walls that year or something, it so no one goes in. could be something along the lines of, like, you magically make it seem that way. Yeah. Like, it's just such a longer fall. Like, it could be just a quirk of magic. Like, you just fall down, like, one floor. Yeah. And then but it, it seems like it's a long way, and then yeah. the entrance is so far above you, but it's really not, but it is. So there's, like, that intimidation factor, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I yeah. just, I've never caught the word postage stamp before with my reads. I don't know why. I, never, I didn't like, catch that. I just caught the thing. Miles description of it. I'm like, that's a lot. It's, it's hard to like just visualize, but when you yeah. think about it, you're just like, oh my gosh, yeah. they fell and fell. It's like like Loki falling in um, um, Ragnarok. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Two Marvel references early on. Look at that. <laughs> um, I've been falling for 30 minutes. Yes. Uh, no, I, I agree with you. That almost as dangerous as the devil's snare that they f- jump into. Yeah, so. yeah. Wizard's Chest is also interesting to me because I feel like 
out of all of the obstacles, that is the biggest, like, time waster. You know, to it keep, can to be, keep yeah. you from it, if you especially if you don't know what you're doing, which does make me wonder, like, what would happen? Because I don't play chess, and what would happen if I tried to, and I made mistakes because I don't know the rules? Like, would they automatically come after me and just smack me to the ground because I made an illegal move? You just have like one of the chess pieces <laughs> explain to you how to play. Yes, please really tell quick. me. Please tell me how to play. Like, I know the chess pieces. I will think talk to. Harry Those and Ron ones, because they don't have faces, though. The white ones don't. The black ones do. So, if you had, like... If you tried to move a pawn incorrectly, or a bishop incorrectly, Maybe I'd there'd assume... there'd be, like, a loud noise. It's just like, ah! Can't <laughs> do that. I'd assume they just wouldn't move. Probably. And, and nothing but would just But what would happen, happen if, like, you tried to move? You know? Oh, and you moved in... Nothing would probably happen if you moved incorrectly. They'd just be like, no, that's wrong. Yeah. Go back. I, I would assume that's how that would work. Maybe the queen would just like stare blankly at you and just be super intimidating, like a horror movie. The king just tapping his sword on the <laughs> on the board. Um, yeah. So uh, there's a lot of different trials. They're obviously all set up where these students are capable. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever think that like McGonagall or Flitwick? After this whole thing is just sitting there going like, an 11-year-old just got past my wizard's chess. An 11-year-old just got past my charm. I'd both be like super intimidated and surprised and also proud. But also just like, gosh, No, I'd be upset. I'd be (laughs) like, well, I should have done something drastically more difficult, clearly. (laughs) I do have one little note. About quarrels, though. This troll has been living under mm-hmm. the school this entire time. I want to know if anyone's taking care of it. <laughs> like, what, what, like, what do the trolls need to stay entertained and fed and entertained? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I would assume. Like, it seems kind of cruel of quarrel, which I mean, of course, it makes sense. But to just put a living creature down in this well, chamber that people are not technically supposed to get to. The food at the to. feast just appear and disappear. Maybe you just have the food have one of those. appear and disappear <laughs> and that's, that's that. I don't know. I've just never really thought about the troll before other than it's just, you know, it's dead which is nice for them and it, of course it smells terrible but it just makes me wonder what else was in the room if the troll has been living here all year long. <laughs> so there's a lot going on with the trials. And there's a big of course cliffhanger of you know who is like you said with in Dumbledore's chamber of this yes but we cannot forget about Neville and his big moment in this chapter yeah it's been building uh the entire book Mm -hmm. and he's getting a little bit more sure of himself a little bit more sure and that's been a big part due to Ron really right more than any other right just kind of nudging him and poking him and getting him to be more self-confident and then it almost backfires on them. <laughs> Which they're like, oh, you'll understand later, of course. And they feel terrible about putting that full body um, bind on them. To Neville's Neville. credit, though, I mean, no one else in that common room, after all of the points that these three <laughs> have lost them, if I was in that common room and I was concerned about that, I'd be like, no, you three, go to bed. Go to bed now. 
And like, so you'd be the RA of the common room. I, why would you let them be the last three? You know they're going to do something, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's why Neville's got brains too. I'm just saying, Neville's Neville's on it. <laughs> but it shows a great bravery on his part. That does, is that absolutely. is very hard to have to stand up to your friends like that. It's the hardest. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, Neville Neville did great and. Harry, speaking of Neville's intelligence to stick around until those three are gone, <laughs> and his bravery, Harry, you're incredibly brave. Mm-hmm. Insanely brave. But my goodness. I think ugh. it's more his sense of what's right and what's wrong and what needs to happen. I mean, he thinks he is the only person who recognizes that the stone is going to be stolen. And Ron and Hermione, of course, know only because he's told them and then they've been along for the ride. But I think he's just like, I mean, already he has a hero complex. (laughs) He has to go save the day. Yeah. And it's his job to save the day. And I mean, yes, good thing that he did. But it's it's very much the Gryffindor in him. This is the right thing to do. So I have to do it. That's a good way to get yourself killed very easily. (laughs) And again, and this that's, is, that's what Anna means. About I the know this is exactly what she means by this. Fair, and I'm not saying she's wrong. She's 100 percent right. But it's like, come on, man! Like, really, you think he could have like told? Ooh. I mean, he did try to tell McGonagall, and she's like, no, 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 it's too well protected. And he then, caught her way off guard with that. Oh, I mean, she dropped her books. And then Snape, of course, is, like, lurking around, just kind of with that knowing grin on his face of just, like, run along, Potter, kind of thing. Don't go sneaking around in the dark. I'll catch you and get you expelled. So, of course, you know, like, he's up to, he knows what they're up to. But it is, I think, also, too, just that sense of he knows Snape is behind this. He knows Snape is evil. He knows he's got to stop him. And of course, well, spoilers. That sounds like a great place to stop (laughs) for a break. And we'll come right back with our spoiler discussion. Alright, so we are back with the spoilers for chapter 16 through the trap door. Uh, we left off with the non-spoilers of, guess what? It's not Snape. It's not Snape. Do you remember, like, the first time you read it, were you surprised by that? Um, I don't know that I can recall my first reaction. Uh, probably? I can't remember mine either. I was probably surprised. I feel like I just read it so quickly I mean, they that set I Snape up to be it. that guy. Yeah. So much. Right. I think at this point, too, like, especially when you're young reading this, so much just happened and your brain is still trying to process it as it absorbed it, that when you finally discover it's Quirrell, not Snape, you're just like, I think... I'm so overwhelmed with feelings and thoughts and I, I like, you can't take it in the same way Harry can't take it in. Earlier in the books, we talked about, like, how sometimes you need to just sit with a chapter for a little bit yeah. after reading it. And yeah. some other chapters, you're like, nope, flipping that page right <laughs> over and getting going. And I think this was one of those chapters where you flip the page and you just, you, can, yeah. you're not if it's stopping like, now. If you're telling yourself, okay, one more chapter and I'll go to bed. And then this was the one chapter you're like, okay, one more right. chapter you, you and I'll like, go to bed. not finish the book no, there's after no way. this chapter, right? It's there's one no more way. chapter. You just got to do it. 
Um, <laughs> but you had a good point in your notes here about um, Quirrell possibly having an inside track. Yeah, because, I mean, if he helped design parts of, uh, a part of all these obstacles, obviously all of the teachers together, I would assume, I assume they did it together, that they were all trying to, like, create each room, and he probably saw the different things that had to happen prior to his room. So he knew the devil snare is super far down. I can bring a broomstick, a broomstick, and then I don't have to worry about going into the devil snare. Or maybe I can just do a freezing charm on the one key, so that way I don't have to waste time chasing it around the room. It's just, you know, frozen there. So then, and then too, like, even the chess game. I don't know if he actually did play a game of chess. I don't know if there was some kind of magic loophole that the teachers knew about so they could quickly get past it to get to some other later obstacle. Um, Like, it makes me wonder, like, did Dumbledore have to play a game of chess in order to bring the mirror down? You know, like, that kind of thing. So I could see it as him getting past some of the obstacles very quickly and then spending all that time, maybe hours, just staring at the mirror, just being like, what the heck am I supposed to do with this? And, and just trying to think his way through it. Um, just getting frustrated. Um, I think he had, he might have had some. I, I don't know. I could see Dumbledore very much compartmentalizing this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And literally being like, no, you just work on this. Or you tell me. And then I'll set it up. And then I'll set it up for you. Or I feel like out of everybody, McGonagall probably had most knowledge. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Um, She's in on the know. But I'll give you that. Or or Snape probably had some knowledge of what was going on. Well, especially if his was the last one prior to the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you know McGonagall and Snape, if they're the two that know the most maybe about what's going on. Mm-hmm. They're also the most tight-lipped about what's going on. <laughs> They're not going to, you know, freely volunteer right. the defenses. Even if they're confident that, well, and we know Snape's not confident in Quirrell. Right. But um, somehow Quirrell knew about all of the other obstacles that had to be faced. He was just waiting to get the knowledge about how to get past Fluffy. Oh, I think you have, Quirrell himself is obviously a very accomplished wizard. Mm -hmm. uh, I think people forget that because the memory that they have of Quirrell because of the movie or because of the many descriptions throughout this book is of him stammering, stuttering, being super anxious and nervous all the time. Mm -hmm. When in reality, that's an act that he puts on. Right. And he's actually a very cunning, very wise, very um, talented wizard that could probably get through this all himself anyway without a terrible amount of difficulty. Mm-hmm. But then you throw in the fact that if he does get stumped, he's got freaking Voldemort, like, <laughs> right there to be like, you're an idiot, do this. <laughs> like, but like, I do wonder, like, how much Voldemort is capable of at this point. And I guess this gets more into the, the next, next chapter, chapter yeah. so we can talk about it then. Um, but yeah, I mean, it could seem that he had some knowledge, and even if being accomplished, I could still see him as staring at the mirror for... Uh, at least half hour, 30, it's 60 minutes. Here's a question about Quirrell, though. His his specialty is trolls. A, how do you get that specialty? What things do you have to encounter in life <laughs> to then become a specialist in trolls? 
I, it just fascinates me. Like, that's his specialty? It's okay, so one. now I'm going to make a Frozen reference, and maybe he grew up with the trolls. <laughs> Disney is going to love you after this episode. <laughs> Disney stocked this one up. <laughs> I just heard dollar amounts. Yes. Um... <laughs> I'm a dork. It's okay. Um, yeah, so all that, I don't know. Um, I, it's just curious to me because, I mean, obviously, he's already very settled in the room prior to Harry arriving. And when Harry arrives, he's kind of like, oh, you're finally here. Come here, child. Let me use you. Which makes me think that he's been there long enough getting frustrated. Oh, he's definitely been there a while. Yeah. That it's just like, okay, now let's try it with somebody else and let's see if it's just me who's seen this in the mirror or if somebody else sees something different. And in which case, you know, how, how do we get past Dumbledore's little mind games in this mirror? To go back to the trials, I think if you want to, like, come up with excuses, like, really, Flitwick, you can't come up with something more difficult. Even, I think in the movie, they have the, once you go up on the broom, the keys start attacking you. Yeah, making it I difficult. remember getting mad at that, too. Making it more difficult? Yeah. I, I liked it because I feel like that's more... That, that's just better. <laughs> that's a better way of doing it. To me, that doesn't fit Flitwick as much, though. You know, his personality. It like, does. These, these, these things seem to very much fit their personalities. I mean, like, yeah. like, Sprout is more than what meets the eye. And she's dangerous, too. The Devil Snare is innocent looking, but then it's pretty dangerous. And say, like we said with, like, Hagrid, how he's just a little little softy on the inside, same way Fluffy is, and, and McGonagall is, is stern and, and calculating, and yeah. that's what chess is. But if Flitwick's one of the most accomplished duelists... But I wonder, like, like duelists to me is, if the fight comes to me, I will fight, and now, I'm good at it. I don't think he's the kind of person who seeks out fights. No, I wouldn't say that. So, like, with the whole, like, it's it's going to attack you just for the sake of attacking you. Like, I could I see... I don't see him as doing that. I could see him and Snape almost switching. Yeah. And him writing a riddle to a puzzle that you have to figure out. I could see Flitwick doing that. <laughs> Which he does a mobile puzzle, essentially, that you have to find the key that fits the door, and there's obstacles within that puzzle. Dan, I didn't want to tell you this, but Uh-oh. Snape actually came to me, and I wrote, oh, the, did you? I wrote the poem for him. Fair enough. But it rhymed. <laughs> you don't like rhymes. Anyway. Um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I could see them flipping maybe on that, mm-hmm. and then Snape still doing something with potions, but a little bit differently. Anyway, what what I'm saying is, maybe it's not as important that the other trials are beatable mm-hmm. when Dumbledore has in his back pocket essentially an unbeatable thing in his own right. It makes me wonder if like maybe just the obstacles are meant to slow you down, not to stop you entirely. Maybe. I don't know. But um, I do, I had in my notes, this always makes me happy, when Hermione kind of loses her cool for a second and forgets that she's a witch. She forgets how to light a fire. And Ron, of course, calls her. I was like, you know, are you a witch or what? And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Six years later, she held on to that comment and she bided her time when Ron is wishing for um, 
Crookshanks to, to freeze the, the Whomping Willow so they can get through. And she's like, are you a wizard or what? Make this stupid stick fly. Like, she's been holding on to this. And that's just, I could just feel her satisfaction come across on the page. Just, I got my moment. Finally, Ron, you idiot. You, you said I wasn't a witch. I didn't remember I was a witch. Yeah, okay. Boom. Hermione has an interesting kind of track in this <laughs> book where she's honestly she comes across as more of a timid individual that's not really uh maybe up to the courage of the other two as far as willing to go do dangerous things there's a fear of breaking the rules there is that fear and failing and and doing something wrong which i think like i identify with that when i was in in high school and and younger than that i was always the good student cuz i was like i don't want to break the rules i don't want to get called out i don't want to get in trouble i want to just like do well and then you know she meets these troublemaker friends who are like no nah, let's just do it it's like I oh do okay give her a ton of credit for getting on the broom cuz i know she's not super comfortable with that <laughs> um but that being said i was surprised that she got on the broom because all we know is that she wasn't great during her flying lessons. Right. And now she's progressed to the point where... I wonder if she practiced on her own time. Maybe. No, this goes I mean, back to my series I, development. I, of, yeah, because I mean, like, over the yeah. course of the book, I mean, she does have to be on brooms, and, and Harry does recognize, like, you know, she's not the most comfortable with it. But in yeah. general, as a as a means of transportation, it's almost like, you know, driving a car, like, you have to at some point yeah if you want to succeed so yeah i wonder if she was just like practicing away from those two because they'd make fun of her if she she messed it up so badly i do have to say though her in that moment she conjures the fire and she remembers like the beginnings of the poem from sprout's class mm-hmm. but they credit her with figuring out the answer when she doesn't figure out the answer at all it's Harry, who says, light a fire. You mean when Dumbledore gives her the points later on? No, like, when they're discussing it after getting through the, oh, the, the snare. Right, okay. They're like, you know, thankfully Hermione paid attention. I'm like, well, Harry paid attention because he was the one that said, light a fire. Right. And Ron was the one like, you're a witch, light the fire. Well, you could argue that Harry's just, like, thinking more as a muggle which, of course, Hermione should, too. But, well, I guess she is. She's thinking, I, I'm a muggle, and I, don't, I can't light a fire. And Harry's just like, that's what you need to do. If you say they they don't like light, they don't like She was light, trying to piece like together warmth. the poem. She's piecing it together, and he's just like, here's the obvious answer. It's dark and damp. Now do it. Maybe a fire would work. Yeah. Um, and so she's thinking like the muggle. Ron's thinking like the wizard. Ron says that later, though. It's like, thankfully, Harry doesn't lose his head in a crisis, which right. is a great underlining characteristic of Harry Yeah. that I will give him a ton of credit for. Yeah. That is something that he does not do. He gets himself into those crises <laughs> often. Well, yeah. Every, but... every single book, that was one of the things I had down. When you think about it, every book towards the end... I mean, every book is structured very much like a video game. You you get past the the bigger and bigger and bigger end game boss until the very very last one. And if you think of the book as an entire, as a chunk in the entire series, obviously this is just like a level I don't know four or five kind of a thing. It's not the big 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 one. But when you think of like the Triwizard Tournament, he has to get past obstacles. Mm-hmm. When you think of 
you know, going on the or, the Order of the Phoenix, yes. Yeah, Order of the Phoenix, you got to go through the whole Department of Mysteries. Yeah. There's there's all the different rooms, and and would they have been able to do that had they not done this when they were 11 years old? I mean, they have the confidence that they can succeed because they already have once, like you said, when they're so young and first year dumb. <laughs> they are. For, that's one of my favorite developments from this first book is first year dumb. First year dumb. Um, <laughs> yeah. like trademark that. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> and I get it. It's a book and it's a series and they're supposed to progress and develop. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way a book works. Right. Um, but in terms of the story, you know, that's what others would flip on me and, and say like, well, Dumbledore has to test him here because he has to figure out what he's dealing with. Is Harry's heart pure? Is he maybe talented enough? Is he getting... Is he progressing the way he should be given what Dumbledore foresees his future to be? <laughs> um, fair. That's fair. And, mm-hmm. you know, we can talk about, like... We can talk about a lot of that more in the next chapter, we too. Can. We can. Um, I will also say... With Hermione's quote of, how do you think you'd get to the stone without us? Every obstacle he faces, Harry, you need Ron and Hermione. And he always, yes. he often tries to just be like, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I don't want to get you in harm's way. I, I care about you too much. This is my battle. And so often, I mean, even, even in Deathly Hollows, they're just like, what, you haven't realized by now? We're, like, we're not going anywhere. You need us and we're here to help. I was thinking about this last night and yeah the three of them balance each other out so well in different ways Mm -hmm. but you have Hermione that's just book smart very intelligent on top of her game right and you have Ron who's more of the street smart common sense grounded Mm -hmm. individual and then there's Harry who doesn't lose his head in a crisis which is a tremendous talent that few people honestly have yeah it's a rare trait and like the more chaotic it gets the calmer he is yeah which is great yeah but ron gets the the title (laughs) of like the dumb one all the time and i called harry an idiot in the non-spoiler section (laughs) i would make an argument that maybe harry is the the dumber of the three of the three yeah (laughs) when he just constantly rushes in without being like, hey, okay, so this I, I is would, a problem. I would, argue, <laughs> I would argue against your adjective of dumb. I would okay. say he's more impulsive than the three. Okay. I think Hermione thinks about it and she's like, no, that that's a stupid thing. We're going to get in trouble. Ron thinks about it and he's like, um, magic world is dangerous and there's a lot you don't know. So my dad says we probably shouldn't. And Harry's just like, it's the right thing to do. So we're going to do it. Being, and like, okay. But being impulsive can lead to some stupid decisions. Yes! So, we see a lot of that in Order of the Phoenix. Yes. Yes, <laughs> we do. So it, it just, like, I, and again, I'm basically, I'm essentially defending Ron here, again, in this book, of yeah. like, people give him this tag so unfairly. I think that's also because of the movies. For sure. Yeah. But it's like, Harry has some questionable decisions. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. None of them are perfect, but together they are perfect. They fill a lot of each other's um, shortcomings. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Which makes them like the best trio. (laughs) The golden trio. The golden trio. (laughs) So, 
Yeah, you have anything else on Through the Trapdoor? Um, we've already started to branch into the next chapter. We have. I just It's hard I, not to talk about the next chapter. I think one. It, it's just throughout the whole book, when you get to this chapter, it's just so cool. Because it, it just reminds you of, of that... I don't know, almost almost like TV shows you'd watch when you're little, where it's like you have to get past this obstacle, or you have to go find that hidden treasure or something. It's just like, ooh, like now we're at the really, really juicy part. Mm-hmm. The thing that everything has been leading up to. And, of course, she leaves it on that, that cliffhanger, so you just, you want to know more. you got to get to the next chapter. Which, Which guess, we're about to. Which you do. All right. Um, <laughs> we'll end it there. Um it, please follow us on our Twitter at Hogwarts a pod uh, for any updates. And when we drop new episodes, they'll be posted there. You can find me at Daniel underscore Allen 44 on Twitter. You can find me in the comments. <laughs> Elizabeth does usually leave a comment after each episode. So let us know what you think and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Hogwarts, a podcast. If you like what you've heard, please click the subscribe button on your preferred podcasting app and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hogwarts Apod.